Welcome to Pity Party, a podcast to end BSL. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm so excited to dive into our episode today as we move one step closer to removing breed discriminatory legislation from Ontario, and really, anywhere that it still exists. For this week's episode, I wanted to dive a bit deeper into Ontario's legislature and had the incredible opportunity to speak to two Ontario MPPs about their work to repeal the breed discriminatory language from the DOLA and replace it with Bill 147. Both Rick Nichols and David Puccini are members of the Progressive Conservative Party. And it's hard to not get political with an issue like this. The Liberal government were the majority leaders in the province when they introduced BSL. And as someone who personally has always leaned to the left and voted Liberal or NDP, this was disheartening for me to find out. But if we were going into an election today, having an anti-BSL stance would definitely be something I would expect from any MPP wanting my vote. I share this to implore you listeners to leave your personal political views as they are now at the door. We're going to hear a lot about the inner workings of the Ontario Legislative Assembly in this episode. and. I don't know about you, but I don't know too much about how our provincial government works beyond what I learned way back in my civics and careers class in 10th grade. So while half of a high school semester is definitely enough to understand exactly how our government works, I decided the best way to understand what was happening with Bill 147 was to speak to the MPP who introduced it back in 2019, Rick Nichols. Bill 147, for those who might not know, proposes an amendment to the Animals for Research Act and the Dog Owners Liability Act. Essentially, the bill repeals the breed-specific elements of the current legislation and replaces it with more clear language about what is considered a dangerous dog and what it means for a dog to attack unprovoked. Rick Nichols is the MPP for Chatham-Kent-Lamington, and if you're familiar with the fight against BSL in Ontario, you're probably familiar with the story of the Chatham 21 from about five years ago. We're going to have several episodes dedicated to that story coming up later, but as horrible as that situation was, ultimately, many of the dogs were able to be saved and rehabilitated, and it resulted in MPP Nichols becoming something of a champion for animal rights. You know, I, uh, I've always been a, an animal lover, and then when I read uh, in our local newspaper about the what they call now the Chatham 21 and that was a uh, pit bull uh, dog fighting ring in just outside of Chatham in Tilbury it was one of those situations where I thought that was awful and to put those dogs through that I totally totally was disgusted with with what I had read then of course I started to receive a number of uh, phone calls from from people throughout Ontario with regards to that episode involving the Chatham 21 and next thing I know you know there's uh, court hearings and a number of people actually from uh, throughout Ontario uh, brought themselves and their uh, their pities uh, down to Chatham and I remember I had pictures taken with them and their signs and their pities you know on the front lawns of the uh, Chatham courthouse uh, and I was there in support of uh, these uh, pities that have been uh, violated, I guess would be the correct term. So again, it was one of those situations where uh, we needed to get some action done on it. And of course, that was back when I was in 
back when I was actually in um, opposition. Uh, so that's several years ago now. So we want Bill 147 to be made law. But to understand better what we as constituents can do to make that happen, I asked MPP Nichols to bring me back to Civics 101 and explain how laws are passed in Ontario. Of course. Yeah, I'd be happy to. First of all, in, in many cases, uh, it's the government that is responsible for introducing bills uh, from various ministries. And sometimes that the, those bills involve perhaps uh, uh, additional ministries with it contained within that bill. And that bill was then brought forward uh, to the uh, floor of the Ontario legislature. And of course, uh, there are different readings. There's the first reading to introduce it. Then there's the second reading, in which case the bill is debated and uh, allows for, uh, you know, it could be that, uh, you know, the opposition don't like the bill or parts of the bill and so on. But then eventually, once there's adequate time conducted for the debate of that bill, then there's a vote. And if it passes second reading, then it's determined which committee will that government bill be sent to. There's about six or seven different committees. And after which, you know, the purpose of the committee is to then perhaps seek additional uh, input into the bill. Let's make the bill stronger. Is there anything that should be maybe taken out? Or should that be some additional things brought back in, like in the form of an amendment? Uh, which case then, when it's ready to come back in onto the Ontario legislative floor, then it comes back in for third reading, uh, which has all of the content either uh, to, to be debated. And once there's enough time for debate, then it's put to a vote. And if it passes, it's called royal assent. And of which case, then that bill becomes law. And that's basically, those are government bills. Now, let's talk about the difference between a government bill and a PMB, or also known as a private member's bill. This gives uh, all members in the Ontario legislature, there's 124 of us, uh, the opportunity to bring forth bills that are of importance to usually the member themselves. And in this particular case, uh, back a year ago, last November, uh, I brought forward a private member's bill. Now, the, the time for debate uh, is in the structure of private members bill is uh, very different from uh, a government bill. Uh, they don't take as much time for debate on a PMB. Now, that bill passed second reading. It was supported by uh, most of the opposition. There was there's some uh, oppos or some members even within my own caucus that you know had strong feelings uh, regarding uh, Pitbulls, and of course they voted against it, but still the, the count was very, very favorable for uh, the number of people that voted. Of course it passed, so it passed second reading. And of course, uh, when you take a look at it, I think we had a total of, uh, uh, let's see, 34, 35, 36, I think it was 36 to 12 was the uh, was the, uh, the vote in favor of my bill, which was fine. People said, well, gee, you had 12 people from your own party vote against it. I said, that's a democratic process. That's democracy. And uh, for whatever reasons. However, uh, on the downside, that bill has now sat in committee since November of 2019. 
With how long it can take for something like Bill 147 to go through, it's frustrating to know how quickly the law banning pit bulls in the first place was pushed through 15 years ago. MPP Nichols and I spoke at length about how Bill 132 should have never been passed. And I asked him why he thought it still had, despite 43 out of 44 experts advising against it. Well, a great, great question, Sydney. I think that, again, it was a knee-jerk reaction on the part of uh, the, the Attorney General at that time. Uh, I think he had a friend who had been bitten by a, a pit bull. And because of that, uh, he just, it was kind of the old, don't confuse me with facts, my mind's made up. This is what we're going to do. And of course, he got his uh, liberal government at that time, which I believe was a majority government, uh, they just they pushed it right through. And of course, suddenly pit bulls were banned. I also spoke with MPP Nichols about the efficacy of signing petitions and engaging with your MPP on issues that you care about. Something that I've heard from a lot of people uh, and advocates who have been contacting their MPPs surrounding Bill 147 um, is getting this sort of forum response letter, uh, the crux of which is that the people of Ontario want breed-specific legislation. It makes them feel safe. Um, And, you know, something that strikes me about that is I don't think I have ever been polled on this. So when MPPs are forming opinions about what they think their constituents want. How is that information collected? Where is that information coming from? Or is it just people sort of toting the party line of, you know, this is what they wanted in 2005. (laughs) And so this must be what they want today. Well, that's an interesting question. um, Because every, uh, uh, every, every member of provincial parliament, MPP, uh, you know, shares the, the issues and concerns uh, of, of his or her riding. And, you know, it's, it's up to each individual uh, member if they want to, you know, bring forth a, a petition uh, and they, they can bring that, for, that petition uh, forward in the legislature and have it read and read in, into, into record. And it could be one that says, uh, you know, the people in my riding uh, do not support uh, Bill 147, blah, blah, blah. Or it could be, you know, the people in my riding support Bill 147. They want to do away with breed-specific legislation. It's unfair. And they give all these different reasons as to why, and which would be a lot of the reasons that, of course, we have already debated. But they can bring forth, um, you know, these these petitions, and they are read uh, into record at the Ontario legislature. So each uh, each member has that opportunity to, to do so. And that's another way where perhaps we can put... Uh, additional pressure on uh, the powers to be to, in fact, move that bill into committee, because that's the that's the stumbling block right now. I then had the privilege to speak with the MPP for Northumberland, Peterborough South, David Piccini, who has been working closely with MPP Nichols on Bill 147. My sort of love of, of animals really starts way back when I was young, but I spent a lot of time volunteering at the Humane Society. I was a dog walker first and then a foster parent. And that was my first exposure to what you know would be a 
wrongly sort of describe as quote unquote pit bull um, when I when I'd fostered one at the Humane Society and um, and and so decided to get involved with this uh, when I got elected based on concerns of constituents and really of, of thousands and tens of thousands of Ontarians. It became clear to me in speaking with David and Rick, and even in engaging with my own riding's member of provincial parliament, that breed discriminatory legislation is an incredibly personal issue. MPP Pacini spoke with such conviction when telling me about how a constituent asking him about the dola at a debate moved him down the path of becoming involved in animal rights on a bigger scale. The more people bring these issues to the attention of their MPPs, this is how this legislation starts. This is how grassroots democracy, you know, private members bills start really with, with people and constituents. MPP Pacini then explained how his pursuit into animal rights in Ontario has also included establishing the PAWS Act. The Provincial Animal Welfare Services Act went into effect in January 2020 and was a big win in a lot of ways for animal rights in Ontario. It replaced the OSPCA Act and created a new publicly funded system for dealing with animal welfare in the province. The PAWS Act established new rules for specialists to inspect zoos, aquariums, and places with any livestock, horses, or other animals, as well as outlawing any form of animal fighting and established new standards for what constitutes acceptable animal care. I was very involved in the, on the PAWS Act in, in Ontario and uh, felt very strongly that we should have tougher penalties for, um, you know, dog rings and for, um, and, and for all sorts of uh, abuse of animals. And, and now we do. I also wanted to talk to MPP Pacini about the role media has in both the public perception of pit bull type dogs and also in influencing our government in the type of policy they prioritize. Legislation shouldn't be drafted based on headlines. I think the media play a very important role in, in holding the government to account, in asking tough questions, but the government should be able to explain their legislation, should be able to introduce it based on facts, based on science, based on discourse, not as a gut reactionary, knee-jerk piece of legislation to headlines. And these sensational headlines do nothing to really address any sort of systemic issues with respect to animal neglect, animal abuse. And for me, the bottom line is, um, you know, there, there aren't bad dogs, there's bad owners. And so we're targeting the wrong end of the leash. David shared with me a headline from when he and Rick first brought forward Bill 147 as an example of the sensationalized reporting. Uh, yeah, I've got the headline here, um, a sorely misguided headline by, by Martin Branch Cohen, someone who I have a great respect for. I enjoy reading Martin's articles, but he writes, Doug Ford has every right to be a pit bull as premier, but he dare not bring a dangerous dog breed back to Ontario. Uh, first of all, I mean, when we start to use these sort of paint our political leaders or really anyone using these sort of caricatures, I think that's wrong, first of all. Secondly, um, you know, a dangerous breed. Again, I would go back to the facts and I'd study a, a great study from uh, animal control measures and the relationship to the reported incidents of dog bites in urban Canadian municipalities by Nancy Clark and David Frazier in the Canadian Veterinary Journal. 
and that concluded that there was absolutely zero evidence that municipalities with breed-specific legislation had fewer dog bites. In, in fact, they concluded that there was absolutely no breeds more likely to bite than other breeds. So, um, you know, I, I think to answer your question in short, I think we all have to have the courage to address this. To be blunt, I think politicians of all stripes, um, including fellow party members of mine, have have really lacked the, the, the courage to address this issue in a meaningful way because one is easily influenced by the sort of emotive, triggering, uh, reactionary headlines that we see. I think we need to really work with, with the media as well. Let's not fall into sensational headlines. And look, sensation and graphic imagery sells papers, you know, and whatever. I, 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 again, really reject that premise. And I'm saddened by the fact that that is a reality. But, um, you know, I think what, what has plagued many is that, is that, you know, if you haven't taken a deep dive into this, and because it was only through, again, ad, other advocates, that I became more interested in this and, and I actually started reading these studies. So I, I'm not trying to claim any moral high ground here. I'm just trying to say that I think that when you look at the facts and the facts stare at you on the screen or on paper, there is no disputing the fact that this has zero basis in facts. This is highly emotive. So what we have to do is, is really push back the emotion uh, to facts. We always strive to, you know, if we lead with a little compassion and look at the facts here, I think we'll get to the bottom of this and, and right this wrong. And I think we have to continue to push. And I think we have to continue to push politicians at the provincial level on letting them know. That's why we, we launched endtheband.ca and, and you can easily write to, to your member of provincial parliament today and and let them know and what i would say the two most important things to do are share the stats because the stats are very compelling and i've mentioned quite a number to you today but also lead with emotion share your own story as well stories really speak to politicians i mean days are very busy but for me what what really illustrates and and pulls at one's heartstrings is when you tie it into a local story and you know alex's story is one that's resonated with me the Chatham 21s resonated with me. Uh, stories of so many uh, owners of the quote-unquote pit bulls that have resonated with me. This is what really can can humanize this as well. This could be your neighbor. This could be a family with three kids, and they could have their dog yanked from them. So, um, you know, I hope that's sort of a long answer to two things. One, we have to have the courage. Two, what can we do? Keep pushing. Keep pressing. This will change. Um, and, uh, and I sincerely hope it's going to be our government that, that leads the change. And I continue to join Rick in pushing all of my colleagues and colleagues in the NDP and, and really liberals as well, because they've been notably absent from all of this um, in, in, in writing this wrong. And I couldn't agree more. So please... If you haven't already, visit endtheband.ca and send a letter to your MPP. Share your personal story, but ask your friends and family to share your story as well. Sign as many petitions as you can. And if you're interested in even more concrete action, July 10th is Global Anti-BSL Day, and there's a peaceful protest that day in front of Premier Ford's constituency office in Etobicoke. 
I know myself and some of the advocates featured in other episodes will all be there. And you can find details for the event in the Ottawa Citizens Against BSL Facebook group. I'll also post a reminder to our Instagram. Thanks for coming to the Pity Party. You can find show notes for this episode and lots of great links to our guests on our website, pityparty.blog. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter with the handle at pitypartypod. Thank you to our guests, MPP Rick Nichols and MPP David Pacini for sharing their insights and being featured in this episode and the Ontario Coalition Against BSL for their support. All of the music in this episode is by Crowander and the show is written, edited and produced by me, Sydney Schapansky. If you want to join the party and have a story or question surrounding BSL, send an email or voice note to listeners at pityparty.blog. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't miss our next episode. Is this the most fun thing we've ever done?